The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by our mini helmet contest. The SGP mini helmets are now in the store and we're giving one away for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. And football bingo is back this time for the NFL Christmas Day slate. Free to play and every bingo gets a $100 SGPN gift card exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. It was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm reappropriating Reverend Run now, too, while I'm at it. Uh, who am I? I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. You always find me on Twitter at of Oakland. Check out the show at Notorious underscore OTB. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a review. Whatever. I'll even take bad reviews. And I promise you I will cry in the shower to them later. Uh, speaking of people who uh, I cry in the shower with often, uh, Mr. Ryder Dave Burnett joining me live from Burbank again from a, uh, we're not going to name names, but from a, you know, Hollywood high ups trailer. Dave, <sighs> what's going on, buddy? Hi, Chase. Merry Christmas, man. How are you? Ma- Merry Christmas. I'm, you know, I was, uh, I always complain about having my grandpa problems with the arth- arthritis and stuff from, uh, from, you know, my back surgeries. Uh, let me tell you, uh, negative 17 wind chill does not help that situation. Uh, in the slightest, uh, Dave, you might be shocked to find that it actually makes it uh, real bad. It is shocking. It's 67 and sunny here. So uh, oh, you should, oh, you know, come, out, I, come, out, come out for the Santa Anita opener. Come on, Monday. I sh- come on. There we go. That's what join me. That would be nice. Uh, we're actually not going to talk about that card at all. Just kidding. Of course, we're talking about this card. Uh, I mean, it's Saturn, Santa Anita opening day. Uh, it's actually one of my favorite Christmas traditions. In other other places, they have Boxing Day. We have the Santa Anita opening card on the 26th of December, like clockwork. It's always got the Malibu. This is a good card. It's 11 races, six graded stakes. Uh, this reminds me of uh, friends from high school. And I would go to the local like bar that's like a club, you know, that like would stay open a little bit later. But it was like a national like sports bar chain. But you could get in there at like 1030, 11 o'clock Christmas night. And we called it the vigil. We would just watch all of the alcoholics count down <laughs> to midnight to when they could finally actually order their drinks again. Um, that's kind of how this, this card feels, right? Like you're, you're shut out. Like it's one of the few days where they, there's like no racing on planet earth and boom there. Here you have the Santa Anita card. You're alluding that betting Turfway park on a Wednesday is akin to drinking rubbing alcohol, waiting for, <laughs> waiting for the bars to open. 
it's a it's a little bit different it's a little bit different just because i i mean this is a day that everyone really looks forward to for one i mean it, it's it really is the kickoff of like the the path to the derby through the west coast with uh you know with santa anita opening and uh you get to see some of these horses and kind of they made their run at the derby uh now you see if they're going to be reinvented as like one turn racers in the malibu things like that and it's it's i mean it could be a pretty tough or it could also be a really chalky day of racing but at least they come back with their a game right after you're forced to not uh gamble for 24 hours exactly exactly yeah opening day sanding is almost a it's definitely a tradition in southern california racing everybody looks forward to it it's one of the bigger crowd days so you get a you get a lot of cheering and happiness and usually a lot of chalk yeah, I I want to say I hit this uh, the pick four a couple of years ago that ended in the Malibu, but managed to to catch it two times. God, I love it. I uh, love. It. I think my main joy actually does not come from handicapping horses anymore. It comes solely from finding sound drops for this podcast. <laughs> you do a lot worse than run DMC. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we get into this, into the uh, the Santa Anita card, uh, you got anything? You got any huge plans for the weekend? You're gonna do anything crazy? I know you got. You're like me. You got two two kids who are like of having fun on Christmas age. Exactly. So your days are filled with batting them away from the Christmas tree from trying to open everything and then staying up late at night, wrapping presents. Yeah. And like putting together that one thing that looked like it wasn't going to be terribly difficult. And then you pulled it out and it was definitely from Ikea. It was definitely in <laughs> Swedish. Damn it. I don't know how to tighten this frug. Um, yeah, man, it's, I, I'm not sure if they're doing like a guaranteed uh, early or late pick five for the Santa Anita card or not, but man, this is a banger. This is a banger card. And, uh, what Dave and I are going to do is we're going to play through this thing like it is our uh, bankroll builder Wednesday, but we're, you know, going to give it to you Friday for a Monday card, give you plenty of time to digest, plenty of time to sneak away from your, your wretched family to be able to get a, a podcast listen in. We're here for you, man. We're, we're here. We're not going to just leave you alone. What? So I got to sit here and eat dessert alone like I'm fucking Steven Glansberg? We don't discriminate bring everybody in uh we're gonna take a quick break here at the notorious otv when we get back me and dave are gonna jump into this uh 11 race day after christmas boxing day slash the return of santa anita racing on notorious otv brought to you by the sports gambling podcast network win bet is the official online sports book of the sports gambling podcast network win bet is active in a bunch of states and there's tons of ways to win including live betting and same-game parlays. Plus, for the hashtag DGENs only, try your luck at WinBet's Parlay Wheel. Great promo odds and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100, limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T so they know that we sent you. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Officers are subject to change terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through WinBet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And don't forget to enter the SGP Mini Helmet Contest. Just go to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash helmet. Just go there to enter at sportsgamelikepodcast.com slash helmet. Football bingo is back in this time for the NFL Christmas Day slate. Free to play, and every bingo gets a $100 SGPN gift card exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Let's talk about 
uh, brightness in the dark. A savior was born, and that savior is the first race at Santa Anita. Goes to post. Let's see. Two o'clock, I think. Two o'clock Eastern, one o'clock God's time, 11 o'clock local. Oh, man. So much to be excited. So, yeah, six races. Sorry, 11 races, six of them graded. Uh, they kick off with one of these graded stakes. It's the Santa Anita Mathis Mile Stakes. It's a grade two on the turf. You guessed it, going a mile. Uh, there's really interesting pace scenario at play in this race. Uh, and there's really two ways you can go with it. You can either uh, believe in the early speed or you can believe in the horse that looks like it's going to be closing from way off the, the, uh, the pace uh, and looks strongest on paper. Uh, Dave, which way did you go with this? How did you put your bets together? Uh, with your $100 budget, how'd you, how'd you put things down? Yeah, so it looks like the seven-horse Sumter is the is the lone speed, and nobody else is even close. Um, Mike Smith, for, for all the detractors, at least have to give him credit that he can protect the lead. Um, he's pretty good at walking the dog, and uh, especially in small fields like this. So I'm going to presume that he sets the pace and is unpressured in that pace. The only horse that it looks like it might actually – give him any kind of pace pressure <clears throat> is the European shipper that Pratt has picked up. I'm a gambler, the number three. It's an interesting horse, recently sold for a million dollars and then went into the Glatt Barden and is coming over for the first race. I don't normally bet Glatt first uh, American race. He's not typically warmed up at that point, but this horse is, uh, <clears throat> you know, million dollar purchase. There was a bidding war for it. There's kind of a lot of a lot of buzz about this horse picks up Pratt for the opening race at Santa Anita. I mean, you have to give this horse consideration and I think Pratt's going to stay close to the lead. So my guess is you're going to have the seven on the lead, the three, maybe a length or two behind, and it'll just be a foot race for the finish. Um, I respect everybody in this field. Belnikov is a fantastic closer. I mean, you got some, you got some big talent here. Handy dandy um, should be ready to fire, but I honestly think this is a two-horse race. So the way I'm going to play it is either Mike Smith successfully walks the dog on the front and has Pratt nipping at his heels at the wire, or Pratt scoops him and Mike comes in second. The way I'm going to play this is, uh, you know, $5 trifecta, and I'm going to put Pratt on top, so three with seven, and then I'm going to put Belnikov and Handy Dandy in third, so one in six. So three with seven with one in six for five bucks. That's a $10 bet. But then I'm going to use a, uh, those same two horses in a double. I'm going to use the three and the seven on top at a race one and then try to beat the two Bafferts in race two that have never seemed to be able to win. And I don't think they're going to win again opening day. So I would do a three and seven uh, daily double into the five and the six, uh, which are not the two that I think are most likely to win, but I think they're going to offer the most value in race two. We can talk about that race next after I hear your thoughts on race one. So I, I'm going to choose to have a lot more confidence in the what looks like lone early speed in Sumter, the seven in this uh, opener in the uh, the Mathis mile. Uh, two for two at the distance. Three, two, one and oh at Santa Anita. Uh, big time work for Papa Mandela heading into this. I don't think that this horse is actually going to be pressed to go all that fast early. I, I can see them kind of letting this horse have it, it all his own way. Uh, and with that happening, I think that slows the fractions down a little bit. I think that makes it really hard for a horse like uh, the one Balanikov, who is a very talented horse, uh, 
who, if it had just a little bit more pace to run into, would probably be my pick here, but it doesn't. It's got Sumter, and everyone's just watching Sumter run away. So I decided to go with the win bet on Sumter. Uh, it's 3-1 to one on the morning line. I got to think that this comes down a ton. So I set myself a floor price here. Basically, if it's not 2-1 to one or greater, uh, I'm, I'm canceling the win bet. Uh, and then I'm just going to redistribute the funds into what is going to be my exact bet here. Uh, seven, and then I'm going to keep, you know, Balnikov, like I said, might not have enough pace to close into. Maybe he doesn't have enough pace to close into place. So uh, I put the two and the three underneath. Uh, the three you mentioned, of course, uh, I'm a gambler, uh, the one that's got uh, Pratt up. Uh, and then one more bid for Ryan Hansen, another one that's shown that it can run from off the pace. But this is the first time, you know, actually facing winners. This horse has a lot of hang and hit the board in it. So I'm making sure to use that one underneath. And one to consider, and we're going to use our, our buddy uh, Daniel Cole Young's uh, angle here uh, to maybe throw in underneath. I didn't put it in mind, but maybe consider doing this in your exact. Uh, uh, the five Agatino playing the Pratt rode this horse last time angle. It's clever. It's really clever. I know you think that that is a clever angle, right, Dave? I love that angle. It's a great angle. Yeah, I, I agree with the knocking Balnikov down. I mean, it, it's a horse that's proven. He has trouble catching the leaders. He's lost to he's lost to Sumter before. He's lost to, you know, slow down Andy. These horses that make the lead and, and Balnikov never quite has enough ground to make up. Um, so I, I think it's safe to, it, it's a great horse. He's, he's going to be a, a really, really good four-year-old next year, but I'm gonna I'm gonna discount him in this one. I think you're right. I think the seven's gonna have an uncontested lead, and Mike Mike Smith is really dangerous. But those works, I'm honestly wondering if those works are too fast. I mean, he's coming in here with a 46 flat. A couple works before that, he had a 58 and two at five furlongs. 46 before that. I mean, this is, I don't know, it just seems wrung out. I don't know if the horse is gonna make the distance if, uh, unless he's in incredible shape. So I like I like the wind bet on Sumter, but I'm not confident enough to put all my chips on Sumter. I, I typically don't like this like smoking hot workout going into it, but uh, typically it's more of just in like claiming races or like main special weights or things like that. Because I think sometimes those workouts are, are more of just uh, free marketing to drum up interest in, in claiming a horse. So you have them just go out and, you know, have an absolute like blowout at three furlongs or four, 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 four furlongs. And it works, you know, about two seconds faster than it normally would. And someone's like, Oh, Hey, Oh, Hey, this horse runs fast. I'll claim it. And then it will never match that again. Um, so I, I didn't do anything into, into race two. I didn't have any daily doubles or anything leading into it. You did. It was a pass for me. I, I didn't trust this to not knock out with the Bafferts. Why don't you tell me what you're seeing, what your plays ended up being? Yeah, so this, you know, you could rename this race the fake Bafferts or fake stakes. You have these two Bafferts that have never won, and he keeps running them against similar company, and they're losing by double-digit margins. They're they're terrible. Um, Bletchley Park looks like just, I mean, it was a $2.6 million purchase, and I get whoever owns that thing. They got to put it out there to raise somebody, but it's just a awful awful horse the problem is this field is so bad that they might have actually found something that bletchley can beat um having said that uh, look every bet anyone's ever put on these bafferts has lost so i'm going to continue that trend i'm going to hope that they take some money based on his name alone um i recognize that princip the number one horse if that horse improves could possibly wire the dirt mile 
I just think there's a little bit more pace in here um, between the one, uh, the three Bletchley and the five mastermind or the four mastermind. I don't think there's going to be a meltdown, but I think it can be a contested pace, even with only six horses. So I'm basically just playing a game of odds and saying somebody's going to come from mid pack and scoot forward and improve. And, you know, you have this four migration and this, sorry, the five migration and the six Pelagio, both of them have run races that would win this. Um, several back at this level, Pelagio lost it by a nose, um, heard lots of, you know, bad talk about practical joke as a sire. I get it. Um, but the horse has proven that, that at maiden 67 at a mile at Santa Anita lost at this level by a nose to Troubadour. So I don't know. All it would take is one of these horses to not be absolutely pathetic and somebody's got to win this race. So I'm going to, I'm going to double into the five and the six hoping that most of the public's money goes to the two and the three because of Baffert and the one, because it makes a lot of sense on the front. And so just sort of whack-a-mole, I'm going to play five and six here. Yeah. With those, what's interesting with those Baffert horses is that you don't have a single race where either one has been out running on the lead, you know, and just got caught late. Like these aren't even making the lead. If you look at the workout times, I mean, it's one of those things where, if you look at workout reports, Bob Baffert always gets like A minuses, B pluses for his horses workout reports. So when things aren't running bullets, you're like, oh, so what's wrong with this one? So that's I, I like the play to get around it. Let's move on. Let's look at race three, the nine furlong, two hundred thousand dollars San Gabriel stakes once again on the turf. I feel like I'm bucking trends. I've been sticking to dirt lately. I'm kind of pretty heavily invested uh, in these uh, turf races though, and I've got a. I've got a play that I really like at a, a pretty staunch price here. Uh, but as always, guess first race three. Did you have any action running through this one? Yeah, I found a price in this one too. I, you know, I think the most likely winner is Prince Obama. Um, the horse always impresses visually. The horse, the horse hasn't done much wrong in, in his career. You're not going to find much value there. Um, I know master of Foxhounds is, is the morning line favorite. There's, Everybody has a horse they always play against. And for me, it's Master of Foxhounds. I'm just never impressed with this horse. Um, it's won one time in the last 11 races, and it just kind of got lucky on that one. I, I understand the top speed fig, the top power fig, top class. I just, I'm going to play against. I don't like Master of Foxhounds. I don't like the run style. I don't like anything about this horse here. The horse I'm most interested in at value is Rip City, the one. Um, didn't really find it the first time through, but on the second time through, although you know, this horse hasn't been racing against a group to a graded, you know, graded stakes uh, talent. It's always right there at the end, right there at the end. And I don't think it's going to take much of a step up to defeat this, this group. Um, this is kind of the other Doug, but should love the distance. And I, I can't remember what the morning line is. I think it's something like 10 to one. And at that price, Hey, I'll, I'll take a shot on the one rip city. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Yeah, I, I, Rip City. That is my play. That is my price play that I actually love quite a bit. Love the rail draw, the ground saving trip that's going to be getting. This should be a potentially pretty hot pace uh, with a two horse du duel up front between Master of Foxhounds, Bob and Jackie. Uh, and I think that, you know, Rip City just sits chilly at the rail. Uh, you could probably still get higher than 10 to one. It could come down, but I could actually see this going north of it. So I, I got a $5 win here with rip city. And then I'm playing a $5 daily double 
uh, into race four uh, to some just kind of like off the razor reservation type horses that I think are going to produce like huge prices. So it ends up being a $20 daily double for a $5 base uh, with the one rip city into the one, two, six and eight, which uh, I, do you have any action in a, in a race four? If not, I'll go ahead and rattle off who those horses are. Yeah, go for it. I don't know anything about race four. All right. Well, I, I played the first time gelding the number one, uh, let's see, which is a jam session for uh, Mike McCarthy. Uh, you know, fo- good focus works since uh, coming back, you know, as a gelding, however, had good focus works before it was gelded too. So I'm not sure what we were trying to uh, accomplish here. Maybe it was just a little bit of a, uh, you know, maybe more of like a, a health issue, but I mean, at the same time, uh, I mean, it's doing what I would expect things a horse to do after it's been gelded. It's going to be a price. I love Kazushi Kamara. If you never focus on Woodbine racing, and if Kazushi Kamara is going to be at the uh, at the uh, you know Santa Anita for this this whole you know winter spring meet, uh, get used to that name because because Kazushi Kamara can ride a fucking horse, um, and he can swear with the best of them. I learned on a, a live stream from ABR. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like you ask them, uh, have your have your coworkers of a different nationality who speak uh, a different language uh, taught you any swear words. I uh, usually just say, yeah, not what Kazushi does. Uh, Kazushi goes ahead and rattles off the whole list of swear words that he's been taught. And uh, I mean, bravo to the Canadians who taught them to him because the list was extensive. So uh, I'm using the foul mouthed Kazushi Kamara on jam session for Mike McCarthy. Uh, I use the uh, George Papadromo uh, number two Vegas burner. Uh, this one, I mean, got out there, tried for the pace, just didn't quite hold on, you know, maybe kind of packed it up. Who knows if it gets the lead from the rail. Uh, then I also use the six, uh, which was going to be bluegrass go-go for uh, Doug O'Neill, Dougie Fresh entering this one off of a troubled trip kind of horse. I always really like to bet back. And then last but not least, the eight Quincy market. Uh, I, I'm sure that has something to do with Boston. Uh, Quincy with a Z. Quincy. That's right. Uh, for Tim Yakteen, I mean, the horse has been working well through one of those kind of advertising bullets, but fast enough for me to take notice into it. And I mean, a lot of times these races are won by the fastest horses in them. Uh, not a whole lot of patience there. Uh, so yeah, I'm daily doubling that Rip City into the one two six eight, which uh, Quincy Market was, I believe, fifth. 15 to one bluegrass go-go was 20 to one uh vegas burner was 12 to one jam session eight to one so i'm obviously trying to like just connect prices from rip city to this next one that'd be a walk-off home run man if you could hit any of those it would just be huge it'd be a nice little it'd be it'd be put me in a good position to have all sorts of just kind of fuck you bets going into like the yeah let's go ahead and play like a five ten dollar base super high five here uh you know to wrap up the uh the malibu or anything all right so that was my maidens in race four race five dave do you have anything in race five yeah so i'm in for 30 bucks so far i have a 20 dollar bet here which is a five dollar pick three Oh, and hold I'm on. Use two horses. Let me let me set you up. Let me set you up. Race five, eight furlongs, seventy thousand, sixty-seven thousand dollar maiden special weight for two-year-olds on the turf. I passed because I had stronger opinions elsewhere. So yeah, go ahead. It's also a cow bread, which is really hard to trust. That's dangerous. Uh, Living yeah, dangerous. Uh, and of course, I was born ready for humiliation. <laughs> when I, you know, I cap without uh without PPs, and of course, I landed on I think the two chalkiest horses in here but 
um, Hawker, the number two, was denied last out. He went for the rail and the hole got closed off. The horse was loaded and just had absolutely nowhere to run. Uh, if you watch that replay, the horse was completely blocked in. This horse cost him was $700,000. He's got some monster works coming into this thing. I, second race off the rest. This is the kind of two-year-old that I'm looking for. It's a horse that's shown promise, didn't get the racing luck. The problem is he's still got to find racing luck. He's still got to get around this crowd, and it's a pretty big crowd of two-year-olds, so really they're just going to be running green all over the place. But Hawker, the two, I think is, uh, is a really, really interesting horse. The other one is... Danny Man Shines, the five. Less interesting to me, but a lot of back class. Been racing in grade threes um, against some pretty solid um, company and really big fields. Again, not on the front, has to come from behind, but I don't really like anybody on the front in this particular race. So I'm gonna I'm gonna trust that maybe somebody can sneak their way through and get the win. Two or five for me to start off my pick three. All right, so that will lead you into race six, the San Antonio, grade two, on the dirt, $200,000 purse. Um, this is this is when the it feels like the Bob fuckery really starts uh, in this card because you've got Country Grammar uh, entered for, for Bob, the number six, who's your morning line favorite, seven to five. Uh, you've got another Bob uh, entered with uh, Hudson Ridge, six to one, Flavian and Pratt up. You got Pratt on the longer-priced Bob thus far. Let me see because I think there were a couple more. <clears throat> Yeah, Hopkins, the one. Yeah, and you have Hopkins, the one, uh, which just ran a huge number in a uh, maiden special weight race. Had Didn't win, though, and then came back and won a, a $40,000 uh, optional claimer. So, uh, I mean, the horse is trending up. You've got three Bob entries in a six-horse field, I believe. Uh, did you have the intestinal fortitude to get around the Bobs? I'm using one. I'm using country grammar horse has made $11 million career, seems to be in top form, really eye-popping um, races against the best in the world. This is not the best in the world on Monday. So I think you have to include this horse. Don't love the run style for this particular race. There's, a, I think Haywood's Beach is actually even more of an interesting play here, the, the five horse. Um, it's kind of a gut play more than anything. The horse seems to keep improving with age, now five years old. Um, and if you cross out the last couple of turf starts, the horse has come in wanting two, two grade three races, came in second in another grade three race, all of them going longer, all of them against huge fields. The speed figs are more than accurate. And I think Ramon Vasquez can pick where he wants to sit in the field and, and strike you know when he's ready. So for me, the second leg of my pick three is going to be using the five and the six Haywoods Beach and Country Grammar. So here's my thing with Country Grammar. Do you think it's possible that losing by like big numbers took the starch out of uh, Country Grammar a little bit? Um, like, I mean, Country Grammar and the awesome again, that looks like a field that Country Grammar should probably handle, but fresh off of losing by 19 lengths to flight line in the, uh, in the Pacific classic, you know, other times where I'm seeing like in the Travers fifth by 10 lengths to tis the law, didn't really run a step, you know, it's a different horse. I mean, three year old campaign, but comes back and runs in the, uh, in the uh, Californian at uh Santa Anita on the 17th of April after a long layoff. And then doesn't really, you know, Gets up for second, but but doesn't really fire. Once again, it seems like another another race where the horse should probably be 
in in you know competition for the for the win. I I, I thought you were right with the five Haywoods Beach. Uh, I'm just this puts me up to seventy dollars total. I'm a twenty five dollar win bet just straight up Haywoods Beach. Uh, price is going to be fair, and this horse uh, has just as good a shot to to win as the favorite. Uh, I mean, likely second choice here. So uh, I, I decided to just really hammer down on my pick one here. And I bet I'd be willing to bet I get at least three to one. All right. That's me. Race six, race seven. I skipped race seven. This was, was a bastard of a race a little bit. Did you go ahead and play it? I know you love the hillside turf six and a half furlongs. I do. I love the hillside turf. This is definitely, definitely a tough race and nobody in here would surprise me to be honest. I can see angles for everybody in this field. Condition wise, this is, has to be the craziest race. Like I said, six and a half furlongs on the turf. It's a $72,000 non-winners of one, whatever the condition is. And it's also for calbreds uh, and allowance. Uh, So it's by far like the most kind of like oddball kind of conditions uh, for, for this, uh, this card. No clear speed in here. You don't really know who's going to make the front. Um, I am anchoring my pick three with a single. I'm going to single the eight horse, Big Beauty. Um, it's got Pratt, which is great going down the hill. It's the top power. It's the only horse in the field that's shown any interest in winning down the hill. And that's always been a big, a big thing for me. I think there are other horses that are faster. I think the other horses that are going to be placed better, but big beauty has shown an affinity for this course um, lost by a length. Uh, did, did pretty well, look good coming down the hill, look comfortable crossing the dirt. This is a really funky layout. And if you can find a horse that doesn't mind it um, and then you add the fact that it's going to be ridden by Pratt, I think he's going to keep it closer than last time. And I think this horse has a huge chance of winning. So I'm going to anchor my pick three to this single then I'm going to start another daily double out of this race, and I'm going to use more than just the eight. I'm going to use the one Flame Magoon, who I think we're going to get a huge price on. Everybody avoids the inside um, post positions, so one through four, usually going down the hill. I don't mind it. I think um, going down the hill, if the horse shows early speed, they can scoot out of the gate and get into a really nice striking position. And Flame Magoon seems to be one of the very few that wants the front along with the horse, uh, the two horse smiling Molly. The reason I'm not using smiling Molly is because that horse ran down the hill and absolutely hated it. And I don't think, uh, I want any part of that horse on this course in a different format. If this was on a flat ground, sure. Going down the hill. No, thank you. So the one flame Magoon, I'll still use the eight big beauty. I like the nine dizzy M a 12 again, could show speed. You got Frankie Detoria for Doug O'Neill, more of a gut play on this one. Um, you know, has done really well, but never really quite found found a solution, uh, found found the winner's circle. Maybe going down the hill is the reason. Maybe this is a course for that particular horse. And the last one is the 11, True Patriot. Um, horse seems to be improving, lightly ridden, clubhouse ride. Uh, and, you know, Juan Hernandez knows what he's doing gonna, going down the hill, especially breaking from the outside. There's a lot to like about that horse. So my daily double out of this race would be the 1, 8, 9, and 11. I didn't have any action here, but I will say consider the consider playing the uh, the twelve dancing Dana, uh, a horse that has actually doesn't hasn't really shown a ton of like early speed, but seems to have gotten into that kick as of late and is improving. 
you know, Dancing Dana, if, if no one really goes for the lead, hell, it could be Dancing Dana at a big price, 8-1 to one on the morning, morning line. I have a feeling that probably floats. Uh, let's see, race eight. I uh, I skipped on the La Brea. Did you have anything for the La Brea? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a this is probably the most Santa Anita race that they've ever carded. This should be called the Bob Baffert Invitational. <laughs> yeah. yeah four, this, let's go. Let's hit, hit on this real quick. Yeah. yeah. So this is a eight horse field. Uh, you've got the one under the stars, Bob Baffert, Flavian Pratt. You've got the three, Gandora, Bob Baffert, Johnny V. You've got the four, Midnight Memories, Bob Baffert, Ramon Batskes. You've got the six, Bob Baffert, Juan Hernandez, Fun to Dream. Four out of the eight horses, and this is pre-scratch, are Bafferts. Uh, yeesh. What do you do? Yeah. And they're all so similar. They all look exactly the same on paper. They all cost a ton. They all do really well at Santa Anita. They've only ever faced really small fields. So I think this comes down to the way Ramon Vasquez rides Midnight Memories, the four, one of Baffert's four entries in here. To me, that's the top choice um, by, by a long shot. I'm going to toss the other three Bafferts. I think it's either Midnight Memories um, or if that horse duels Hot Peppers, the two, um, he could burn himself out, but if they don't, you know, if, if he, uh, doesn't do all the two, then he could just allow hot peppers to steal it on the front. So I think it really comes down to how, how the jockey on the four plays this Ramon Vasquez. Um, I'm not too concerned about it. I think the horse has a ton of talent. It's going to come off his rest really well. Um, and I think hot peppers is going to make the lead. And then you see what, see what Ramon does on the four. My double from the previous race is going to, single the two here hot peppers i was shocked at the morning line i think it's eight to one which seems absurd for basically lone speed on dirt in a sprint at santa anita that's an um, interesting really interesting horse shipping in from new york that i'm glad you you called out because you have it's, it's a rudy rod horse who's now shipping horses i don't can't remember the last time i saw a rudy rod ship a horse to santa anita it's coming out of the priorus it won the victory ride at saratoga second in the test i mean this looks like a monster but it might be up just absolutely up against it uh when it comes to you know to the the pace duel early yep could be it could be but i think a lot of these baffers are going to sit back and watch and I really think it's going to come down to whether or not the four presses. It's such a small field that I don't usually see pace duels set up with only eight horses. Um, so I think you might get hot peppers on the front with the four sitting just off, and then it's just going to be a foot race. Um, I don't know, man. I'm comfortable letting my double anchor with this hot peppers um, because I think everybody's going to get distracted by all these other Bafferts and let this one slip through. Yeah, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, this is such a hard four, four entries. Like I'm not about to play. We've, we've done this before. We've figured out, you know, in like the Santa Anita Derby, things like that, like who Bob wants to win when he has multiple entries, because you can put it in the framework of how many points do they need to make the Kentucky Derby gate. There is absolutely nothing, nothing like that. The tip its hand. If I play this race, uh, I bet the longest price Baffert and then I just call it a day. Uh, yeah. That's pretty, pretty much it for me. Yep. Yep. All right. Race nine. I've been sitting on my hands here a little bit, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to lead this off. Uh, I, I I'm going once again with just the straight up pick one. 
uh, for 10 bucks. And then I'm also playing an ice cold $10 pick three with some just kind of off the wall horses that I like to win the next three races and just, you know, maybe I put it all together. It'll put me in for 90 total. So I'll have a big, ugly, stinky fucking, <laughs> fucking trifecta put together for, uh, for my last play. But Let's look at race nine, nine furlongs, $72,000, non-winners one allowance on the turf. It's not a cow bread or anything. They are going for a little bit of distance. And I'll tell you what, I actually went with a horse that it could be cheap speed. It might not be cheap speed, but I do think it could possibly wire this field. I think it wins the race to the rail uh, with Juan Hernandez up. Give me the 10 leisure wear at eight to one. $10 $10 to win and kicking off my ice cold pick three, eight to one. Juan Hernandez riding just lights out uh, for the last year and a half, it seems. I mean, this horse wants to be the pace. They're going to let it go. It's not going to have any trouble handling this distance. Uh, I, I love this play. I love this pay, play for a price, and I would love it if I could get my other two just fucking insanity horses in behind it. You can have the 10. 10 is yours. Okay. Who do you, who do you got? What do you got, Dave? So it depends on which, which past performances you buy. This race uh, looks very, very different um, depending on who you give your money to. Brisnet has a ton of early speed listed. They show this as being extremely contentious on the front versus time form that has one horse out front. And that's the two precious baby who's run a grand total of one race and won a grand total of one race. The rest of the field has raced, you know, 12, 13, 14 times, and they've all won one race too. And I don't really want any of them. I don't think a lot of them want the distance. The, you know, the one is an unknown and did perfectly fine. First out, it retains Mike Smith. Uh, if it is, in fact, lone speed, um, hey, all the better. The reason I don't like your 10 is it, you know, it took them 10 tries, 20 tries, whatever it was to break the maiden. It's like, yeah, great. They finally won one. Um, I'm not about to bet that horse back again. And I don't think he wants any part of the distance. Uh, Precious baby. The two is interesting, especially at the price. I get all the knocks against it. Believe me, this is not a perfect pick. So I'm going to use that as well as the three ballet dancing, which has a ton of back class seems to be improving on speed figs. Um, it's been racing against some really, really good horses and not completely embarrassing itself herself. Um, blinkers go on. So obviously they want the horse to, to focus and get near to the front second off the rest. There's just, there's a lot of angles here. I like the three. I don't think you're going to get a lot of value in the three and the other horse I'm going to be using. So the two and the three, I'm also going to be using the 12, um, Karakatsi, who, if you look three back somehow closed from 10 lengths off in the stretch to almost win against Buzz of New York and Mike Hammerall and a bunch of other, the other horses he's lost to is like going global and Jillian Elizabeth and Applecross. I mean, there's that class in this one is sneaky good. And the horse seems to be improving. Brisnet has it as an E5, meaning it wants to be on the front. I don't think Rosario is going to press on this one. I think he's going to sit back a little bit and try to strike towards the end. Um, But I think that horse is, really really interesting um especially based on the horses she's faced so i'm using the two and the three and the 12 and then if the 14 draws in with pride on board i'm gonna use the 14 as well 
so that's that's where I think that there's such the disparity of like how they they see the pace in this. I, I mean, I want to think it, it time force or time form is probably not considering the 14 being a part of the race. Like, cause for me, like I pulled everything in I, when I did my own pace projection, I pulled in everything, which puts that 14 out towards the lead. Now, if I pull out the 14 and then I consider the jockey game of don't think Rosario wants to put the horse out towards the front. Cause I do concur with that. Uh, then you have basically just the, the 10 leisure wear and, and the other two, the, you know, the other speed that you liked the two just, out there by themselves running, you know, dueling it out. And so if this turns into like a, a dual duel, well, it doesn't look good for either of them. Uh, if one of them actually breaks to the lead, looks pretty good for whoever breaks out to the lead and whoever's, you know, whoever else isn't close. So I, 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 I like that we're splitting the difference with the same idea, uh, essentially with the, uh, the two and the 10 a little bit. Um, what was your play again? Remind me. So I was going to double out of this. I was going to use those three or conceivably four horses and then double into the Malibu, um, trying to get around Taiba and the Malibu. Nice. So I, I just have my – this is just my my ice cold start off to the pick three. Uh, so I'm at $90 total after doing a, uh, a uh, $20 uh, total for $10 to win on the 10 leisure wear and then my $10 pick three. Race t- – sorry, race 10. Let's look at the Malibu. It is the – feature on this card it's uh it's a really interesting race uh you you find out a lot about who was really a derby contender who really needed to be a one-turn horse you've got the triumphant return to graded stakes action of forbidden kingdom who no longer has an epiglottis problem i don't think uh you've got messier who bled and walked off and looked absolutely horrible last out uh apprehend another good peter miller horse with ramon vasquez up nakatomi Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. It's that time of year. Uh, and then also we've got, I mean, Hoist the Gold, Dallas Stewart. It's a who's who. Bob Baffert's got Tyba in, who he's pulled off the uh, the derby trail to, to be, you know, cut back now. Strava, straight no chaser. There's a ton here. There's a ton. There's a lot of different ways that you can go. And I think that I, be, as is tradition, will be going against the Bob Baffert entries here. Uh, kind of. Kind of. I'll, I'll get more into it. Um the horse that I used in my ice cold pick three was the nine straight. No chaser for Dan Blacker with Edward Edwin Maldonado up. I really like this horse in the spot that it's in. I like the workout pattern. Uh, this could be a really sneaky horse that if it's as fast as, uh, as it looked in its last race, uh, and then it's maiden breaking score on turf could be fucking gone going seven furlongs. Yeah. I'm with you 20 to one on straight. No chaser. The nine. I, I couldn't believe the morning line on this. I get Taiba should win. Taiba could win. Taiba might win. I can't understand why Taiba's in this race. Um, it's obviously a grade one, but it almost feels like a warm up. So I don't know that Baffert's going to have Taiba fully cranked. I don't know that Taiba wants to only go seven furlongs. I, there's just so many questions here. I think Mike is going to go way to the back and, and see if Taiba's good enough to make up the ground and at Santa Anita, I think they're going to have the dirt cranked for opening day. And I want someone on the front and straight no chaser definitely fits that bill. Um, 20 to one impossible to ignore. That's one of my two horses that I'm going to use as the anchor to my daily double. Um, I like it. I like it. Cause I ended up, so I, that was my, my pick three that I started the previous race. That's all singles. I had a basically $10 left hanging. And so I was like, fuck it. I mean, the Malibu is going to be my race that I feel the most confident in. 
I've got two overlays. One of them, of course, was going to be straight no chaser. I'll tell you who my other overlay I used on top in the structure of this trifecta is. And it's Messier. Six to one. You've got the other Bathford mojo. It bled last time. Doesn't get Lasix back, but also it bled last time under Tim Yak Teen after there was some trading around. It never bled before. It was shipping to Kentucky, so Bob couldn't come with. Then it comes back, and it's back under Bob. Does the horse bleed under Bob? I'm not making any allegations. I'm just saying maybe it doesn't. Uh, and I think, you know, not getting Lasix here, but, you know, maybe maybe the he's got the right combination of, of hay, oats, and water. You know? You know what I'm saying, Dave? You know what I'm thinking? You know what I'm thinking? Thinking a little Messier fuckery. Uh, so I was 2-9. 269, which is Messier Taba and uh, uh, Straight No Chaser. And then I was 1, 2, 3, 5, 6, 8, 9 uh, in my 50 cent trifecta that ends up being a $10 play. 2, 9 with 269 with 1, 2, 3, 5, 6, 8, 9. I hate Messier. I hate him this, in this race. This feels like this. Horse has been exposed, man. I don't know what happened leading into the three year old year, but. Does Mojo. this not feel like the perfect like mix of Bob Baffert fuckery situ you know situations here with the the bled and the shipping and the the switch and now he's back under Bob who he runs great under Bob but you know wasn't he under Bob he was under Bob the last time out in the optional one hundred against Nakatomi was he yeah. Okay, he was just at what, for the Derby and for the Santa Anita Derby was yeah. under, under Yak Teen. But I mean, you had the whole thing of Bob shipping to Kentucky. Like, I expect that I kind of think this horse is going to be like raring to go now that it's back in California. Yeah, look, if you're right, you're going to get paid. I I would rather take a swing with Forbidden Kingdom under the same sort of logic where like God is so hard, so hard for me not to jump on Forbidden Kingdom too. Yeah. God, it, it should have been you. Fuck Rich Strike. It should have been you winning the Kentucky Derby. We got to get Papa Mandela. His, his Kentucky Derby this year, this coming year. Horse had some trouble. Horse is coming back. Horse is basically four years old at this point. I'm going to give him a look. I'll, I'll use him as a B along with Taiba. Don't kill me for using Taiba as a B. The horse that I'm most interested in besides Straight No Chaser is Apprehend. Um, man, this guy ran lights out two back, and then they gave him a nice rest, comes back and runs at Zia, which is apparently a racetrack with horses yeah. on it. A high elevation racetrack, by the way. You know, we like that that elevation, you know, shipping angle. Yeah. Um, man, if he runs the way he ran two back and Taiba doesn't quite catch up, I think you could get a huge price on this horse. Uh, it's been working lights out. I, I think there's a lot to like here. And again, if you're, if you're fading Taiba, you're really looking for a payday. You're looking for somebody that nobody else is landing on. So straight no chaser, 20 to one. Um, apprehend, I think it was like six or eight to one. I can't remember. I'm looking. Yep. But uh, it's uh, it's a value play more than anything. I'm probably wrong. Tyba probably wins by 15 lengths and everybody laughs and points. I don't mind being the joker. I will try to hit a double getting around Tyba um, in the Malibu. Tyba doesn't have the feel of that. That Bob Baffert horse, though, that's gone into witness protection, then comes back fresh off the off the fucking rack to just romp in the Malibu. It seems like he's had that horse like the last like five or six years almost. And it's one that's disappointed on the Derby Trail, 
Uh, and then you don't, you know, it doesn't actually, but maybe doesn't run in the Derby or it rained in the Derby, didn't run in the Preakness, didn't run in the Belmont. It just disappears for a while. And then it comes back and it is the best four-year-old in the country because, you know, it romps in the Malibu. Like, where is that horse? Like, I'm not sure if it's Taiba. I don't know if it's Taiba. I feel like if it was Taiba, then Taiba would have been on the shelf like a while ago. Probably doesn't run in that race at Keeneland. I think, I, th- I think they figured out what's going on with Messier. And if that happens, then that could be, that could be like a just a, a royal just bobbing to to fucking end the day because you know this day is the day where he kind of usually shows out, right? I was on Messier the last several times Messier ran, and I just I've been burned too many times. I think the horse has been exposed. But listen, if you're right, you're going to get paid. If you can get around Taiba, whoever you're on, you're going to get paid. So I didn't have anything left except for ending out my ice cold pick three, the $10 pick three in the 11th. Uh, let's see. Oh, race 11. That is uh, the American Oaks mile and a quarter on the turf for three-year-old Phillies. I, I have it ending in the five. Bell Street. Was that Bell Street Bridie, which is just the worst name I've ever seen anyone bestow upon a horse. Like, cause it looks like bridal. You have to zoom in to see the dot over the eye. Um, Bridey is a weird word that just looks like birdie. And it looks like you just had a typo on what you submitted through the <laughs> racing office. I I mean, I'm going to let it go for now because it's the Christmas season, but this is the greatest fucking affront to horse racing. And me personally that I've ever seen uh, with the five bell street Bridey, uh, which is how I will be ending my pick three. Uh, it was like very it. much alive to me there. Four to one. Uh, I, I just thought there wasn't any there wasn't any speed here in this uh, this eleventh race. So uh, I thought Bell Street Bridey could maybe just get up and just take it on the front. Uh, if no one wants to be Fordly placed, sometimes it's just the horse that wants to be the most assertive who takes it home. Yeah, I like it. It's also you know a little bit ballsy playing against Chad Brown, being ridden by Flavian Pratt uh, in the nine, Salima. Um, but that horse hasn't faced anybody. It's taking a big step up here. It's shipping. Uh, Pizza Bianca is always tough. Hasn't had the best racing luck. Hasn't really performed the way everybody thought. Maybe this is the race for that. And the other one that I would definitely take a look at is Mizan-Sen. People either love or hate Mizan-Sen. Um, I'm hearing a lot of takeout reducer talk and, and a lot of people say, you know, you'd be an idiot to leave Mizan-Sen off your ticket. So this race is wide, 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 wide open. There's always some fuckery last race at Santa Anita. I don't necessarily think this race is going to be any different. I think Rhea Moon has a huge shot in here. I think Sparkle Blue has a huge shot in here. Um, It's going to be a great race. And depending on how the turf plays earlier in the day, whether it's fair to speed or, or, you know, it's better to closers, I think you could really find a lot of stuff in here. Oakhurst at 20 to 1. I mean, hello. That seems like a fun bet. A A lot of stuff in here. I liked I liked Rhea Moon quite a bit. It was one that I really considered, and I think I don't know. I I think I I was afraid of it being able to handle the distance, but it's one that I, I absolutely think you know think you should use. Um, yeah, I mean it's a it's a nice little wide open race for for whoever. Uh, I'm I'm banking on the which is always is just a scaring feeling. Banking on the uh, newly resurgent turf, Mike Smith. <laughs> to, to take this one gate to wire probably we did land uh, on him an uncomfortable number of times on this car yeah I, I, a good day. I think the deal is though is that he the reason that it's happening is because he's not he's not bob's guy anymore so like i find myself landing on mike smith more and more often when i'm 
playing Santa Anita. Uh, it's just a giant middle finger to Bob Baffert. And before that, it was like I would find myself more and more on Flavian and Pratt or like Juan, you know, Juan Hernandez or someone else or, you know, DVD because once DVD was shut out into the cold. Uh, here, I'm going to run back through my bets real quick. Uh, so get ready for just a number soup, basically. Uh, so race one, the Santa Anita Mathis Mile Stakes. Uh, I got it started off with a win bet on the seven Sumter, uh, which I did put in the caveat that if this does not go two to one uh, at post, then I cancel that bet and I just double back down on the exacta uh, for $20 total to make it seven over two, three. It would be a $10 exacta, seven over two, three. Uh, then let's see, race three, I was a win on the one Rip City, and then I was a $5 daily double one with the one, two, six, eight. Race six, a $25 to win on Haywood's beach. Then I was my $10 ice cold pick three in race nine with the 10 leisure wear. Uh, the next race, the nine straight, no chaser. The last race, or again, well, yeah, the rest, last race, the five bell street birdie. And then in the Malibu, I was a two, nine, two, six, nine, one, two, three, five, six, eight, nine trifecta. You want to rattle through it or you just want to let people listen. I respect either decision. I'll just let people listen. They should there we go. My bets anyway. I, I'll, admit, I'll admit to you, Dave, it felt painful uh, listening to myself just read off all those numbers <laughs> uh, right there at the end. But, you know, a little what, Christmas what can, gift for everyone. That's right. What can I say? Ladies and gentlemen, simple minds. <laughs> Dave, I'm still so excited to use this and just cannot find the opportunity yet. Ladies and gentlemen, salt and pepper. <laughs> Jean-Luc Picard. Jean-Luc Picard. Some salt and pepper. Oh, man. So, I guess there's not much left to say. Here's the first. It's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Mom's cooking chicken in college, Greens. Enjoy. Your- stuffing macaroni and cheese. That's right. Trying to put gifts under the Christmas trees. God. All right, man. So, Christmas clip. For me to say, Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you for listening. Merry Thank Christmas, you for brother. what this is the, I guess we're seven months in since yeah. uh, this show started. Where this is the 66th episode. Uh, thank you to everyone who, who's listened this year, who's sent any sort of encouragement, who's, uh, you know, been a guest, who's been, you know, a, a hater, even. Uh, just, I'm trying to grow my hater base. So if you, if you hate me this year, I want double. Double the amount of people hating me next year because it means there's been growth. But Merry Christmas to everyone. We will talk before New Year's, of course, because the racing kicks up again starting on Monday. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, uh, we'll be around. We'll, we'll tie a precious little bow around uh, 2022. We'll get firing for 2023 because the fucking Kentucky Derby is right around the corner. We will catch you next time. Merry Christmas. Merry Myself, Christmas, the Wolf of Oakland from Dave Burnett. Merry Christmas. We'll catch you next time on the Tour of Social Media.